So hello and welcome back to the Ultimate Football Podcast. I'm James Feely and I'm so privileged to be able to provide you with the first official episode of my new podcast. I just want to say a huge thank you to those who've been supporting it and been mentioning it on their social medias and it's just so overwhelming the support you're giving me and it feels like I can really make a huge success of this. So on today's show, we'll be talking about racism be talking about up and coming Premier League fixtures and predictions as well as the form of Tottenham and Manchester United. So let's start with racism. Monday night, Bulgaria versus England, England six, Bulgaria no. Unaware that throughout this match there was huge controversy involving the fans of Bulgaria. Now the manager of Bulgaria came out afterwards and said that he didn't think it was his fans that were being the racist ones. He thought it was the England ones. Well, this is pretty ironic, because as far as everyone watching the matches were, it was the Bulgarian fans, leaving at half-time, who had done the monkey chants, the Nazi salutes, the jeers, the inappropriate banners, the horrible t-shirts, it's just, they were just doing anything they could to try and put England players off. I mean, you saw Tyrone Mings and Raheem Sterling in particular, looking over at the touchline to Gareth Southgate, looking over at their captain Harry Kane, saying, what happens if this continues? And we saw two stoppages. And it really put the game into doubt if it was even going to finish. I mean, half-time, it looked really sceptical about if this match was finished. Eventually it did, and as as I said before, England won 6-0. Really comfortable victory, meaning that they're only a victory away from qualifying for Euro 2020. I think it's just disgusting to see how 1980s was really... When black players started getting targeted, the likes of John Barnes and Ian Wright are the ones that really stand out. I mean, they've overcome racism so that the modern day players wouldn't have to suffer it. And yet, players like Raheem Sterling, Danny Rose and Tyrone Mings are still at the centre of it. I'd like to point Raheem Sterling out. Huge ambassador for anti-racial campaigns believes that everybody should be on level playing field and I completely agree with him and as do everybody else I believe. I feel extremely sorry for Tyra Mings however. First England game had his family, had his friends in the stand and they had to watch the, him get held abused at. I mean it's just it's just morally wrong. I mean he will remember that for the rest of his life. Not because England won 6-0, not because he had a good performance at the back, because he was racially abused. He, it's just, it's just, I, I can't even put it into words if I'm honest with you. I think it's just diabolical, it really is. I mean, the amount of black players that were on the bench as well, I think about Tomori and Abraham, Sancho, Trent, Alexander-Arnold, Danny Rose, just to name a few. I mean, they could hear that and I, I can't even begin to imagine what they must have been feeling, what they must have been thinking. People have been asking me last 24 hours or so, can can you mention racism? Can you talk about racism? And yes, of course I can. Um, and that's what I'm doing now. I mean, we've really struggled with how we can tackle this. People saying we should play games behind closed doors, find the fans, ban the fans. I don't think it's as easy as that because there's always going to be that select few that will go to a game to cause that sort of trouble and really put the players off like that. I mean, I think we should really start to look at maybe 
if this continues, their country's being to blame. I mean, say for example, if the repeat of the Bulgarian-England match was to happen with the same racial chance, I believe that the fans should bring Bulgaria into trouble. And I know that's not the players' fault. No, it's not the manager's fault, but at the end of the day, if they see their country not being able to participate in football matches, it could make them think twice. But it's just some really cruel people out in society, to be honest. And no matter what measures are taken, no matter what police action is taken against them, I just don't think they'll care. And I just think more and more and more people will be encouraged to do this just so they could put the players off. So we'll see with the advancements in the next few days, see what the English FA are going to do, what the Bulgarian FA are going to do, what UEFA are going to do, and I'm sure to update you all on my next episode of my podcast, which should be released sometime soon. Going on to Premier League predictions now, the main event of this weekend, if you like, is Liverpool versus Manchester United. I mean, two teams... Completely different ends of the table, completely different ends of the form spectrum. Liverpool, eight consecutive Premier League wins, have already put up an eight-point lead, eight lead Sorry, at the top of the Premier League over Manchester City. Whilst Man United are struggling to get out of the bottom half and could see themselves in the relegation zone by the end of the weekend. It's very strange to see Manchester United in this sort of form. We knew they would struggle after the departure of Sykes Ferguson in 2013. We know they've had David Moyes, didn't bring them much success. Ryan Giggs was temporary for a few matches. I mean, not really big enough rain to judge. Had Louis van Gaal brought them an FA Cup, but never real stability and success. Jose Mourinho, who I thought should have had a bit longer, won them the Europa League, won them the League Cup, Community Shield, made them finish second to Manchester City, albeit they were second, but they were second to arguably the greatest team in world football at that stage. I mean, they finished with 100 points. I mean, there was no catching Manchester City doesn't matter who you are. And now let on to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I mean, he's nearly 12 months into his tenure at Old Trafford, and I believe the first period was so successful, I thought maybe Manchester United could re-establish a dominance back at the top of the Premier League. But controversy surrounding Paul Pogba, of course, main talking point. I mean, they had controversy around Alexis Sanchez, Romelu Lukaku both departed now. They had the Harry Maguire, Wan-Bissaka, Lynx. Of course, they've bought him now. But it's not all clicked into place the way Manchester United fans expect. They are really struggling for goals. I mean, we saw it on Twitter. The Manchester United's goal of the month went to Marcus Rashford's goal against Leicester. He scored a penalty. Because their inability to score from open play at the moment is just really hard to comprehend. I mean, they have some good attacking players on their day. Paul Pogba's one. Jesse Lingard could be one, Mason Greenwood, Marcus Rashford, Anthony Martial, although he has been injured, it should be back for the Liverpool game. And you think of Daniel James, you think of midfielders like Scott McTominay maybe bag a goal, Nemanja Matic. I mean, it's just bamboozling to think how a team as successful as Man United have been over the past two decades have just sunk into this abyss really it's really confusing but yes as for Liverpool I mean what can you say about them Liverpool European champions won the UEFA Super Cup in August I mean 8 points clear at the top of the Premier League I personally think that that's the title race already done with only 8 games in but I think there's no catching Liverpool especially if they showed the form of last season they only lost one game 
Manchester City have all the chasing if they are to call the third successive Premier League title. I believe that if Man City do beat Liverpool both times, I think the title race would be completely on. I think that Liverpool need to maybe avoid complacency. I know they've got a healthy lead already, but it can soon change. There's still another 30 games of this season to go. Manchester City are not out of this title race yet. When you think of third and fourth as well, Arsenal are third, Leicester and fourth. I mean, they're only, what, a couple of points behind Man City as well. So, at the moment, Liverpool might be running away with it, but we've got ourselves, a, hopefully, a good run-in for the rest of the season. I mean, I think Leicester have been a fantastic form. Jamie Vardy, Yuri Tielemans, James Madison, Ricardo Pereira, just to name a few, have been real standout competitors for Leicester this season. And although Harry Maguire's left them, I think there isn't really much of a hole. I think... Brendan Rodgers is doing a fantastic job in the way he's structuring the team. And this means that Leicester are just free to play. They haven't got this pressure on their shoulders. They can just go out and they can play. And I think that's so vital for a team like Leicester who are pushing for the top six. Maybe just pushing for the top four to just to just go again and just conquer the Premier League again. Although they won the title in 2016, I don't believe Leicester will get anywhere be close to the title race in the next 10-15 years if I'm being honest but Brendan Rodgers has something really good to work with here and I really do believe that Leicester can establish themselves as a solid top four club in the future anyway going on to another notable matchup I believe Tottenham versus Watford at the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium this is a game so tight because their forms have been despicable over 2019 Tottenham been on such a losing spree, can't gather points, as have Watford, I mean, Watford needs a new way of playing, I think, Kike Santos Flores has come in, tried to change it up a little bit as to how he used to play with them a couple of seasons back when he was the manager, and it's just not worked, I think the players are too inconsistent, likes of Pereira, likes of Gray, likes of Dini, Delefeu and Decore, they really need to step up to the plate. And really start delivering on a weekly basis. If they do this, they will be fine. They will be nowhere near the bottom of the Premier League table. And they should really be looking up to the top half of the likes of Everton's, Leicester's, Wolves and West Ham's. As for Tottenham, I mean, huge blow that Hugo Lloris won't be back until the beginning of 2020 with that dislocated elbow. They've resigned Michel Vorman this week as a cover option for the goalkeeper place. Ultimately, I think... Their star players, such as Deli Ali, Harry Winks, Harry Kane, I think they have not been performing up to scratch. I think the only exception could be Hyungmin Son. I think he's been fantastic. I think he is a fantastic player. This is coming from an Arsenal fan, which hurts, but Hyungmin Son is, I'd say, on his day, can be the best winger in the Premier League. I mean, I know there's like of Salah, there's the Marnes, there's Pepe's, there are... Rashford's, Martial's, whoever. I think he can be just as good and even better than players I've just mentioned. But, yes, just see. I predict this to be a game where whoever wins will build confidence. I think Tottenham win 3-0. Just based on the fact that they have home advantage. And then I think Tottenham will progress and they'll start to ease themselves back into the position where they should be. Pochettino, the pressure will be lifted off his shoulders. 
Kane might start scoring goals against Ericsson. We know there's been a lot of speculation with him regarding a transfer out, maybe to PSG, to Madrid, or maybe even Juventus. But this is a game that's really crucial for both sides. Whoever can get a win, I think, can really build away from momentum and really start to progress into this season. Monday night football, there's Sheffield United versus Arsenal. I think this is going to be deceivingly tight. I mean, people might be saying Arsenal will win, this Arsenal will win. As an Arsenal fan, I don't think it'll be that straightforward. I think it's going to be a tight game, a stubborn game. I think one goal wins it. I think Sheffield United have been quite solid since they've come to the Premier League. I think they have been the only team that have really pushed Liverpool to their limits. I mean, unlucky for Dean Henderson that he had to concede the goal the way he did to Jorginho Wijnaldum. But it's promising for Chris Wilder's side. I really believe that Sheffield United can push and maybe survive relegation. Although it's early in the season, they have a lot of points still to win, but they have performed well at the start of the season. And if they continue this consistently throughout the season, they should be fine. They haven't maybe got the calibre of players of the Premier League sides, but they can develop that. I mean, when come up from the Championship a few years ago, Swansea didn't have the calibre of player. And all of a sudden, they'd won Capital One Cup as it was back then. They were comfortable mid-table side, and we saw what they were like. Bournemouth is a beautiful example of this as well. I think Bournemouth are such an exciting team to watch on the counter-attack. They've got established Premier League players, established international players. That's Nathan Ake, Ryan Fraser, Josh King. You've got Callum Wilson. I think David Brooks is a fantastic player too. And yeah, there's just so much excitement, I think, for Sheffield United fans. They'll be at home, they'll be at Bramwell Lane, the atmosphere will be electric, buzzing. And I think Arsenal are going to have to pull their weight if they were to escape back to the Emirates with a result. I believe Arsenal will win by a goal to nil, and I believe it will be Aubameyang, our talisman. We can't seem to do anything without Aubameyang or Guendouzi these days. So Guendouzi's bound to have some sort of input into Aubameyang's goal, whether it be an assist, whether it be a key pass, a key tackle. I think he's been sensational and I really do believe he's one for the future. And it's going to be hard in the coming years for Arsenal to keep hold of Matteo Guendouzi. Because I can imagine interest from top teams like Barcelona, Real Madrid, Juventus, PSG. And we'll just see if... Arsenal can continue their momentum. I mean, people saying about Arsenal, I don't know if they can get top four. I think they have a really good shout. I mean, bear in mind, Arsenal have only lost one game all season so far. I know it's early, but they've only lost to Liverpool. I mean, yeah, they've had disappointing results, drawing against Tottenham, drawing against Watford, only scraping a win against Aston Villa, but there's still points and they're still in this position where they're only a point behind second place Man City. If Man City slip up against Crystal Palace this Saturday... And Arsenal can pick up three points, and all of a sudden Arsenal in second, and then we're all criticising Man City for their poor start to the season. It's a really exciting weekend of football, and next week I'll bound to create another episode to tell you all about my analysis of the games. And then, yeah, we've been talking about Man United and Tottenham form. If you think of back 10 years ago, 2009 2010 season, Manchester United were the top team in England. One of the top teams in world football as well. Although Chelsea did just pick them to the title that year, Manchester United were there all the way. And it just just proves testament to Alex Ferguson's ability to manage at the top for nearly 30 years. I mean, 
He had managed so many titles. He never lost confidence. He never lost commitment or courage to keep fighting on. And he continued to deliver. And when he retired, you knew it wasn't going to be the same. You knew they were going to have a period of decline. And it's proven to be the case. But Man United have lost a lot of top players. And they've called on players like Rashford, Lingard, Martial too soon. Rashford was 18, bringing him into the first team. And although short-term effects, he was a brilliant player. I, mean, I still think, on his day, he can be a brilliant player. But many players... I believe in the Premier League are better than Marcus Rashford right now. I think you can name the mid-table sides that have a better informed striker than them. So, it's just, hopefully Manchester United can get back to the winning ways. I mean, as an Arsenal fan, like I've said before, I like the fact that Man United and Tottenham aren't doing as well because it means there's less competition for the top four places for Arsenal. But we need competition in our league. And I think that Manchester United will start getting back on track soon if they can sort out the Paul Pogba debate if they can sort out if Ole's going to stay or is Pochettino going to take over and yeah I think Tottenham hold the key to Manchester United's future I think if Pochettino leaves Tottenham he becomes the new Manchester United manager if Tottenham starts doing well again Pochettino stays at Tottenham and I think Manchester United's decline continues and I think it'll be surprising to see Man United might not Finishing the top six, they barely scraped top six last season. You think about it, finished sixth under Solskjaer. Wolves weren't far behind them, so um, I think it's really exciting times for the neutral in the Premier League. But for United fans and for Tottenham fans, they're just hoping their team starts to progress soon. Otherwise, there could be some really dark times in North London for Tottenham and Old Trafford for Manchester United. Well, I'd just like to take the chance to thank you for listening to this podcast. A new episode should be uploaded to Spotify next week. If there's any questions, if there's any topics you want me to talk about in my next episode, just go and hit me up on Instagram at jf.jr15. I'll make sure I answer all your messages. Make sure I include what you want to be talked about in this podcast. And, yeah, just once again, thank you. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day.